Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is Prophetess Burgess Gordon from Moment with Christ Ministries, where my senior pastor is Lydia Bakari. I'd like to welcome you to More Than a Conqueror tonight, and that we are more, to let you know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Everything that will come against us, everything that will come against us, has already been relinquished by Christ Jesus. We just have to enforce it. <laughs> we just have to enforce it tonight. What I want to do to start us off tonight, I just want to read our theme scripture. Uh, as I'm waiting for the callers to come in, I want to read our theme scripture, scripture which is Romans 8. And I like to start from, I like starting from 34. Uh, let's see. One moment. Uh, starting from uh, actually 31 to 37, because our uh, key scripture is 37, but I like to start from 31 of Romans 8 and Romans 8, 31 through 37. I'm bringing, reading from the English Standard Version, and it says, it reads thus as, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And here's our key verse, number 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we're going to read 38 and 39. 38 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, Amen. nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ yes. Jesus our Lord. Amen. And again, our key verse for more than a conqueror is Romans 8.37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that him is Christ Jesus tonight. Again, I thank you and I welcome you to more than conquerors. Well, Amen. Let's get started because I, I sound like I hear my guests tonight. We coming in, we coming in. I'm going to probably have to kind of send out a text again to remind my folks to come on in to the line. We slow at things. Sometimes we're slow. And I want them to be able to get everything that the man of God is going to bring us tonight. He is going to come forth. And this, this, this young man, because he's young to me, uh, this young man, is a very powerful man in God, and I just wanted him to come on and share his gift with us tonight. Share his gift Amen. with us tonight. He is a, a pastor, associate pastor in our in my church. His name is Pastor, pastor Isaac Quanton, and I'm going to kind of let him loose and let him just go ahead and do his thing, and as the callers come in, they're just going to have to catch up with him. I, t- I, told, with, I told everyone to bring their Bible, to bring a pen, to bring paper, because this is a teaching machine, and he's going to teach us tonight. And we are still talking about anger. I don't know exactly where he's going to go with it, so I'm just going to let him go. Amen? Amen. Yes, yes, Pastor yes, Isaac, yes, yes. you come on in and do your thing. God bless you. God bless you, prophetess. God bless everyone that's on talk show tonight. God bless you. We are more than conquerors. Indeed, we are more than conquerors. God bless you. God bless your family. 
God bless you, wherever you at. May he multiply you. Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight, I am here. I am here. And we, we're going to have, so this more is like an interactive uh, platform. So if, if you want to ask a question or, or, or anything, you are free to ask a question and, and, and the answers. Uh, hopefully, we'll have them or we'll all have a, a, a discussion together so we can, we can come up with uh, ways that we can solve our problems and we can deal with anger. Amen. 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 Okay, now now tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking sorry my phone was going in and out. Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get on it. Uh to, tonight I'm gonna be talking about the consequences of anger. First off I wanna go into a quick prayer with you. You know, uh, agree with me. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for everyone that's on this line. We thank you for the lives that you have given them. Jehovah, you know they could have been in that car accident. They could have been anywhere. Yes. But you have made it possible for them to be on this. The provision has made it possible for you, for them to be on this line, to hear your word, to hear what you have to speak. Now, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Christ Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Now, let's deal with it. Let's deal with the consequences of anger tonight. Now, we're going to be talking about the consequences Ooh. of anger, what Ooh. anger can do, the things Ooh. that anger can do. Now, before I even go in, I would like to ask you, now, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24, it says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do Ooh. not associate with an angry person. You know, so that is the reason why in Proverbs 22, verse 24, it, it, it clearly says, do not be around people that are hot-tempered and the people that are easily angered. You don't want to be around them. Now, the question I want to ask is, would you consider your boss as an angry person? <laughs> do you live around angry people? Uh. Do you have an angry family? Mm. Are you angry? Are you yourself angry? Would you consider your boss or your pastor that they are angry in certain ways? Wow. Anger wow. is a very destructive emotion, no matter who you are. Anger can be very destructive. Amen. Now let's go into the definition of what's anger. So we still be talking about anger. We want to see who is angry. How, what is anger? What's the definition for anger? Let's get into it. So anger, by definition, this is what I got. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility as a result of real or imagined. Now, I want you to, I want you to just ponder a little bit on that word imagine. Some of the imagined threats as a result of real or imagined threats an insult, or an injustice. That's what anger is. It's a strong feeling of annoyance. What's annoyance? Irritation. Mm-hmm. It's a strong feeling of displeasure. What's displeasure? Displeasure means you are not content. You are dissatisfied with everything. Vexation. Mm. Wow. Amen. It's a strong feeling of that. Also, it's a strong feeling of hostility. What is hostility? Hostility means you're bitter. You are unfriendly. You are unkind to people, unsympathetic. You're malicious. Mm. You're vicious. You're poisonous. Mm. Mm. You're you are warlike. Mm. That's wow. hostility. Come on. Come on, man of God. Let's break it down and see what anger is. Then we can understand how, how, why we say anger is the most dangerous emotion. It is the most volatile emotion of them all. Of all the emotions that go through our body, anger is the most dangerous one. Wow. Because it's a strong feeling of annoyance. 
is that strong. It's a strong feeling of displeasure. It's a strong feeling of hostility as a result of what? A real or imagined threat, an insult, or an injustice. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I want to continue. I just want you, I just want you to understand this before we even go on, that when you throw anger out there, you have to always understand that anger will come back to you. Because people that are angry are not only angry at someone at a distance without them paying a price. You have to pay a price for the anger anger that is in you. That's one thing I want you to put in the back of your mind. You can't say that. You, I mean, I'm going to, I'm angry, I'm angry at such and so, I'm angry at such and so, and you think it's not going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you. So you have to figure out how to forgive yourself. Wow. That is just the nature of anger. That is just the nature of anger. A lot of times you will hear people say, oh, this is just who I am. Yeah. Yeah, this is how I am. I was born short fuse. I've yeah. always been angry. I've always nobody. I mean, nobody has the authority. Nobody was born angry. Nobody was made angry. Mhm. <laughs> mhm. Come on. You were not born angry. Yeah. You were not made angry. We have to deal with anger. We have to stop excusing anger. Mm. That's good. And blaming it on someone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the easy way out. You can always excuse that. You You want to excuse anger. You want to blame it on somebody else because it's easy to do that. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can pass anger from one generation to another generation. It is a trait that you can pass on from your ch- pass it on to your children and your grandchildren. So anger is, is we, we, it's the reason why anger is the most dangerous emotion. You can pass it on to more than one, two, three, four, five generations. It goes on and on. It's nonstop. Wow. That's good, Pastor Isaac. That's good. Now, you hear some parents say, a lot of parents will say, oh, my son, oh, he get over it. That is not true. Because kids look at their parents, and they look at them as heroes. So if you are a hero, if you are a parent, and you continue to push your kids down, you, you continue to push them away, it starts to build up in the kids. And it becomes very devastating to them because they look at you more as, you, as their hero. You also look at the marriage setting. You look at the home setting, and you find out that married, many people that are married are angry. They get married, and they think everything is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. No, it is not. If you married somebody that was angry, you cannot change them. No. It's not fine. Mm. Now, if you really want to get married to somebody, you want to make sure that they change themselves before you get married to them. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Come on, Pastor Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. If you really think you're gonna you gonna change that person, if you Come really on. think you're gonna change that person, you need you need a reality check. You need your head check <laughs> because that does not work. You cannot change that person. Mm-hmm. That is not the reason why we get married. That's not the reason you get married to change somebody. If they need some changing, it should be done way before you marry them. Oh, my. Anger is very destructive. Anger can be very destructive. It could devastate a person physically, mentally, 
spiritually. Now today, I just I want to I want to talk a little bit more on, on, on the consequences of anger. Some of the stuff that, that that anger can do to you. Now, before I do that, I want to ask: Does your anger have a justifiable cause? The three questions I want to ask: Does your anger have a justifiable cause? Does your anger seek to hurt or harm other people? or harm an institution, or is my anger the kind that has developed into an unforgiving spirit? Now, these are the three things that you want to consider. All of the above is bad. Whichever one you look at is bad. Unforgiving anger is the one that you hold on so tightly and don't want to let go because somehow some people figure out a way to rationalize that in a negative way and enjoy that anger and they want to stay in there. They take great delight. They take great enjoyment in causing other people heartache and difficulties in life. How do, how do people usually handle anger. How do, how do people usually anger, handle anger? How do they deal with anger? What, how do they, uh, I want to talk about how people deal with anger, first off. Wow. Most people I know, when they deal with anger, the first thing is they try to repress the anger. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not angry. Asking, have you ever asked somebody? Have you ever asked somebody something and, and they go, "No, I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm okay." You know why? You know why? Because they live. They live in anger, and they don't even know that. Mm. Hmm. They live in that anger. They don't. Even, they have no clue. Hmm. You know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. And about this article that I read, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal. It was one of these main newspapers that I like to read. And it talks about uh, um, the Navy SEALs, that's the branch of the military, and the kids, uh, um, it, it was saying something to the fact of the part of their brain that is responsible for fear has been surgically removed from these kids. I mean, the Navy SEALs has been removed to where they don't see fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's wow. what the article was talking about. But then again, another article came back and explained exactly what goes on in these seals. What happens with the seal, the Navy seals is that they give them real life scenarios. They train their brain in such a way that they see a lot of stuff that has to deal with fear. And as they train themselves to overcome that fear, over time, what happens? That part of the brain that they said is surgically removed becomes desensitized. Mm-hmm. So that part of the brain that's responsible for them to be scary, to be fearful of stuff, is desensitized. So in actuality, it is not. I mean, they act, almost, I almost believe the first article when I read it. I said, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case. But then you come to think about it, if, if you really train that part of the brain not to be fearful, so they see from what the article was saying, when the, when, when, when the seals see fear, they see opportunity. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you and I, when we see fear, we're scared. We, we're stepping back. They see an opportunity to do what they're called to do. You know, now that is the same. I'm trying to compare this, uh, I mean, uh, um, make you understand how anger works. That is the same with anger. You are training yourself. You are training yourself to be angry all the time. That It gets to the point where you don't even know that you're angry. Wow. Mm-hmm. You become desensitized. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. 
Now, people like that, when you start talking to them, you start talking to people, and they're telling you, oh, I'm not hungry. I'm not angry. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm fine. They're repressing, they're, they're repressing their anger. Now, if you keep a conversation with them and keep talking to them for a little bit, you, it's a matter of time before you find out they are angry people. <laughs> Now, the second way that people all deal with anger also is they try to suppress it. They admit it, but they're determined that they're not going to change. <laughs> You're not going to make them change. They say that. They say to themselves, oh, that's my own business, and it's none of yours. <laughs> And then the anger just sits in them like poison. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. And over time, over time, you start to see the manifestation. You start seeing their body, their emotions, just getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now, if a person is in denial about anger, the fact that you are in denial about anger doesn't mean that it's going to go away. It'll stay. It's never going to go away. Sometimes we admit it, but we don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. How do people express anger? How do people express their anger? They explode, explosion. They throw tantrums. They throw a fit. And they act like everything is fine after the fact because they got that act, they got everything out of their system. Oh, I just, I just, I just got that out of my system. Yeah. All of us can go back and blame somebody for our anger. All of us can do that. We can say what our parents did to us, or what our friends did to us, what our family yeah. did to us. Mm-hmm. Now, truth be told, we are responsible for our own anger. We are responsible for the anger that is in us. Are you angry at a situation or you are angry at a person? An angry person is the most dangerous person. You're dangerous to people who come around you and people who try to love you. And people who want the best for you, you're dangerous to yourself above everything. Amen. Amen. So you are you are a super dangerous person if you're angry. Ah, you you don't even understand what love is about because you're so angry. You're so busy with anger. People try to help you and you don't even see that. Mm. You're so selfish. You are dangerous to yourself. You're killing yourself. You know, by suppressing it, repressing it, all of that. We are responsible. You and I are responsible for our anger, no matter who did it. We can try to rationalize it as much as we want. But no one can make you angry without your consent. Nobody can make you angry without your consent. Now, let's talk about the consequences of anger. Number one, what does anger do? It ruins your relationship with your family. Mm. It ruins your relationship with your friends, your spouse, your loved ones. And you see that in one person is angry, both of them are angry. <laughs> Prophetess Burgess, you, you know this. Anger puts in you, it's all about me mode. Mm-hmm. You're always in that mode. It's all about me, how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, said, you say to yourself by saying, oh, I want control. I want control of this situation by throwing a fit, by acting stupid. 
I want control of this situation all about me mode. That's what anger would do to you. And there yeah. is a critical spirit in anger. In an angry person, there is a critical spirit in an angry person. The scriptures say that don't even associate with them. That's what I read the first when we, we don't associate with an angry person. Because an angry person is a foolish person. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. It says, do not be quickly provoked. Watch this. Watch this. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. For anger, watch this. Anger resides in the bosom of a fool. So anger stays in the lap of a fool. You put something in your lap or you, you, you put something in your lap or your bosom because you love it. And so the fool decides they want to put anger in their bosom. They want to keep it in their lap because they love that anger. They love to be in that situation. Anger, you and I know, it's not a good thing. Now let's talk about the second consequence of being an angry person. Anger creates an empty void inside of you. It creates an emptiness inside of the individual that's going through that anger. They have no love. They have no joy. They have no peace, no gentleness, no self-control. All of the fruit of the spirit is absent. They are never excited about the future. Angry people are never excited about the future. Mm-hmm. In their mind, what they're thinking about is, say it again. I said that's a great point. That that really resonates, yes. Never looking for them. Amen. 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 Please, it's an interactive platform, so if you have any comments that mm-hmm. you want to add to it, let's, let's hear your voice, please. It's so good. I thought I was still on mute, Pastor. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Go. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Anybody on here? Anybody on here that want to say something? Well, I, Any I comments? Any additions? Uh, yeah. Um, can they hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I'm New York State Chaplain Minister Tina Bolton Pittman, and I'm still angry about things, and I recognize anger. And I think in all of us in this world that we live, walking this walk with Christ, you have to be able to identify the feelings that you're going through. I have two dead I'm sorry, my phone is breaking up bad. Let me take it okay. I have, I have two dead sons. And I wake up angry some days because my babies are not here. Now, the joyful part is that they weren't run down in the street, that they died in natural causes. One from a heart attack, the other one's lungs collapsed. But that still makes me angry because I still do not understand why I had to be hit twice with strange syndrome. But it doesn't make my walk less. It makes my walk greater. But I do still. I'm still angry. I'm still angry. I think I'll always be angry about that. But I don't allow my anger, anger to dominate my world to what it is that I am to do and what I'm not to do. I'm a recovering addict. I used to medicate that anger. And at times, when people pushed me the wrong way, I would tear them a new behind. But today, I found a new way to deal with my anger. I take it to the Lord. I ask him every morning for new mercies, how to control me. I also suffer from PTSD. I'm a desert storm vet and a 9-11 worker. So I don't just feel like anger is for fools. Anger is for people who have been dealt a hand that sometimes you can't cope with. Now, you become a fool when you don't recognize the anger and do the wrong thing. Like that is right. Lash out, that is right. Lash out at someone that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in your life. That's what makes the fool. God gives us a privilege each and every day and night when we open our eyes and when we lay the rest. 
And I am not angry about that. Here I am basking literally in a good place today. But yet, five years ago, I asked my grandmother, and it makes me angry that she's not here to see the manifestation in, in the room. But yet, I could still have joy knowing that five years ago where I was is not where I'm today. And That's good. And person in our character, we have to recognize and identify what's going on inside of us. Because an angry person can be a very dangerous person. But if you don't recognize who you are in Christ, what's going on with you outside of Christ, you cannot fulfill your destiny. That's all I needed to say. That's right. Thank you so much for the addition. That's right. That's right. See, the thing is, when in Ecclesiastes, when it, it, it talks about uh, uh, um, uh, uh, anger resides in the bosom of a fool, what, I mean, we all have been angry at some point in our life. We all have been angry at some point in our, in our life. But are we dealing with the situation? Like, you are dealing with yours because you know the Prince of Peace can give you that. The kin of unforgiveness, I mean, the kin of forgiveness can give you that forgiveness. He was crucified 2,000 years ago. So you don't have to be angry no more. So he can forgive you your sins. We talked about the Holy Spirit the other day. And we talked about Holy Spirit being the power of God that lives in you and drives you. He's your source. He's your source of power. He's your source of power. And so when you have that unforgiving heart, that Holy Spirit inside of you, when you became a believer and you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is God, then that day you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's going to work with you. He's going to convict you. He's going to get you out of that angry situation. You just have to believe it. You have to claim it. So whatever the situation is, no matter what it is, there is an answer to it. And we know the answer is believing in Christ and believing in Christ alone. You can do all the anger management classes. You can do all the therapy. You can do whatnot. You will not see the answer till you give up and you surrender to the king of kings. It'll give you a temporary relief. It's not going to take care of the problem. Because when Jesus was being crucified on the cross, he was still forgiving people. The people that were, the very people that were nailing him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Amen. Amen. So that's the king of forgiveness is able. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly if we give it to him. My sister, I'm so glad that you're working on it. Now I want to I want to continue. I want to continue. I want to continue with the third the reason the, the third reason why the consequences of anger. The third number three. Amen. Oftentimes, most angry people are procrastinators. That's number three. That's number three consequence. You become a procrastinator because you're angry. You're so self-centered. Now nah, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing this because I'm angry. And you miss out on all your opportunities in life because we're angry. We don't have any focus. When you're angry, you lose focus, and you become a procrastinator. Number four, you can't live with anger and be a healthy person. That doesn't work. Many people that you see that are depressed are angry. I'm not saying everyone that's depressed is angry, but many of the people that you see that are depressed are angry about something, something that happened in the past that they can't get over. They hold it tight. They don't want to do anything about it. And they nurse it. They nurture it. And it becomes part of them. It becomes a very destructive part of them. It can turn into a heart, heart attack, heart 
it can turn into a blood pressure issue and you're on medication. It can turn into your body is tense all the time when you're angry. And you can't function right. You can have strokes coming out of that. I'm not saying every, every stroke is coming from uh, um, being angry. I'm not saying blood pressure or heart attack are all coming from being angry. No. You can, but you can separate your anger from its effect on your physical body. Sometimes anger becomes, the result of anger is suicidal. You become so suicidal. People get so angry, they don't even want to live. They become so hopeless. In other words, what is there to live for? Type situation. You, you're mad at God. You're mad at your fellow man. So there's nothing to live for. If you want a happy life and a healthy life, you got to get rid of anger. That alcohol is not going to do it. That drugs is not going to do it. The sex is not going to do it. Pleasure, that's not, it will never get rid of that anger. If I'm angry, I'm going to hurt somebody else. You know, angry people always have that notion. And they say hurt always will hurt people. When you stay in that anger for so long and don't do anything about it, you start to think that, you know what, misery loves company. i got to hurt somebody too. somebody got to feel the way I feel. You may hide it for a short time, but it is there. You know, another consequence of, of, of being angry is some people will eat themselves to death when they're angry. I work in the fitness industry, and I have seen that time and time again. People come in to the office, they're overweight, and if you look at the root cause of the problem, it's because they're angry at something. You being obese can create stroke. It can, make, it can get you, you can get a heart attack. You can get cancer. So it, it, it's terrible. Heart disease. Now, another way that people also deal with anger, is, uh, uh, the con- another consequence of anger is that like people go on a shopping spree. They go gambling. People are in debt not because they love the things they buy. It is all because they are angry at something. You will max your credit cards out. You will turn homeless. There's not enough things in this world to deal with your anger. Now, let's talk about the last one I want to talk about tonight. So many of them, we can go in and out. The last one is you become very hostile person. You become a very hostile person. And what did we say that the, the meaning of hostile was? Somebody that's unfriendly. You're bitter. You're unsympathetic. You're malicious. You're vicious. You're poisonous. You're belligerent. You're warlike. I don't want to be. I don't want to be tagged as none of those. Because when you're angry, you become very hostile, and people just can't be around you. You can't be around people. You find angry people abusing their families, they're abusing their wives, they're abusing their spouses, and they end up getting incarcerated. Hmm. So we have so many consequences of anger, and then we have to get to the root cause. Now, here are some of the, the, the don'ts that I, I want to talk about, the things that you don't do when you're angry. When you're angry about anything, you don't want to make a, a decision. You can't make a sound, important decision when you are angry. 
do not make those decisions because you're going to make a mistake. In your marriage homes, when you're angry, you're going to make a decision that's going to make, you're going to make a mistake. Any organization, your workplace, your job, you have to cool up first. Don't make any decision when you're angry. You also want to make sure that, number two, you make, you make judgments on people because you are doing it. You, you are putting, you make judgments. You start making judgment on people. You start calling people other names. You start doing backbiting and all of that stuff because you're angry. You're making judgments on people because all you're doing is you're projecting something that inside of you to them. So do not make judgments on people when you're angry. So those are the two things that I want to talk about, the do, the don't. Now, let's see. I mean, this will have to be a whole other day that we have to do this, overcoming anger. That has to be a whole other day. We can't talk about that today, but I'll give you a little bit of sense of that. And if you have any questions, if you have any comments, then we can, you can add that to that. Overcoming your anger. Like my sister said, you know, the first thing is, the first thing you want to do to overcome your anger is you have to own it. Own that anger. Own it. Stop being defensive about it. That's the very first one that you want to do. Number two, you want to identify exactly the source of your anger, where it came from. And then once you identify it, talk it out with somebody. Talk it Get help. Talk it out with the king of kings, your pastor, leaders. Number three, and you have to deal with it as quickly as you can. Don't let it sit. It's like cooking in a crock pot. You know, you put that food in the crock pot, I just invest it in the crock pot. And, and, and you put the food in there by the time I come home late night, it's a slow cook. And it mm. dominates your whole heart. You do not want to start it. It's a slow cook. You're going to start rationalizing it. You're going to start believing in it. You're going to start doing that, and it becomes a part of you. You become desensitized. But you want to deal with it as soon as nip it in the bud, as soon as it happens. Don't let the sun go down on it. Don't let the anger linger around because it's going to be like that food in that crock pot. It's going to, it's going to cook. Because if you let it linger around, here's what's going to happen. Your mind, your brain, your control center will build you an awesome defensive mechanism that will tell you that this is right. Your mind will give you a good defense. It'll tell you that, oh, what I'm doing is right. Because you're in denial. You're desensitized. So those are the ways that you can deal, some of the ways that you can deal. It's, it's, we have to do that on another day. I don't think I have enough time today to go through all that. But the last thing I want to talk about dealing overcoming your anger is forgiveness. The last thing I want to talk about today about overcoming your anger is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most important aspect of dealing with anger. You know, anger's best friend is unforgiveness. They're always hanging together. They ride and die, ride or die. Anger's best friend is unforgiveness because that is where he thrives. Anger thrives with unforgiveness. Some people will say, oh, I can, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Others will say, oh, I can forgive you. I can never forgive you, or I can forgive you, but every time I can. You know, you hear stuff, I can forgive you, but. When you put a but, behind it, you have not forgiven the person first, though. 
So we have to work on ourselves, forgive ourselves, so we can also forgive others. And our God will also forgive us. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And then I'm going to wrap it up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. I'm going to read from 29 to 31. Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus. And this is what he said in 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Amen. Now I go to verse 30, and Paul says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Now, what are some of the things that we do to grieve the Holy Spirit of God? Like we talked about, we said the Holy Spirit resides in you. That there are certain attitudes, there are certain things that you do that grieve the Holy Spirit. What is grieving? He's sorrowful. Amen. Anger is one of the ways that you can grieve the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. And then guess what Paul said in verse 31? He said, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Hmm. Wow. You know, he says, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of bitterness. That's Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. Yes. You know, there is, I mean, I, mean, I was, I was I, 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 my question is, I mean, I want us to go into a time that we can kind of talk about it a little bit. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, I do have a question I want to throw out there. I want, I want everybody to think about it and let me know. Because I, I kind of thought about it as I was going through getting ready for this program. My question is, is that a form of anger that is good? That is my question. So if anybody has uh, 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 any knowledge or everybody feel free to talk about it, do we have any kind of anger that we can say it's a good Kind of anger. Well, it, it, I, I, this is Prophet Gordon. Uh, with anger, anger is the emotion. God has given right. us uh, that emotion of anger. It's how you dispense the anger that becomes right. defense. So right. that's a, a question that, you know, uh, how do you disperse the anger when you have the anger? Do you make it uh, something explosive that you tearing up things or you're acting out? Or because, you know, right. the anger is a signal to let you know that something is going wrong. Something is wrong. So uh, mm -hmm. something is wrong in your life that has made you fuel into the anger. The, the word of God right. says anger, but sin not. So he didn't say that you can't be anger because he gave you that emotion just like he's giving you that emotion as joy and uh, goodness and laughter and all these different emotions that we have. But it's how you disperse the anger. It's what becomes the, the consequential place in your life is when you, uh, if you punching holes in walls and stuff. That's an that's a anger that you really have to take a look at why that's happening to you. Um, again, with anger sometimes, you know, you have, I, when I started out with the anger, I showed the different types of anger that we could have. And some anger, you know, is, again, to signals to let you know there's something that's going on wrong in your life. So you have that's to right. look at what it is. And then you have to disperse the anger the right way. And so right if way. you're dispersing it the right way, you know, allowing yourself to think, you know, about why this is happening to you, why am I angry about this? I, I, I gave this a, a couple of weeks ago on more than a conference about myself. Okay. The Lord had allowed me to know uh, I kept using the word I am frustrated. 
I'm frustrated. This is frustrating me. This is frustrating me. And the Lord said right. to me, he said, you're not frustrated, you're angry. And I said, no, Lord, I'm frustrated with the thing. He said, well, why did you slam it down? You know, because it was my computer. I said, why did you? He said, why did you slam the top down there? You know, he was just frustrated. That's like, right. You know, I was actually angry that I realized a lot of times when I was saying that I was frustrated, I didn't identify the emotion of the anger. I didn't right. identify that this was actually anger. So I just, for me, I, I'll say this, um, that uh, we can have healthy anger and we ha- can have unhealthy anger. The unhealthy anger is w- how you handle uh, what's going on with you. Healthy anger is when you anger about something and you can come to a conclusion why you are angry and then work that place out without causing any problems. Amen. That is right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Anybody has any contribution? Any suggestions? Comments? Yes. Please? I would answer that question. It's a great question. Really thought provoking. Um, and when I repeated it to myself, I heard every good and perfect thing comes from God. <clears throat> so if He came, if He gave us angry, then it's good. Um, I guess I'm kind of piggybacking off of what Prophet has just said a little, but um, also that uh, how we, yes, it's kind of like tongues is an expression of the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, you know? And anger is an expression of, but it's not the fruit of you know what I mean? It's not it's not really uh it is that emotion. It's a feeling. It's not right. um, it it's not good I mean it's not bad until we, you know, express it. That's right. So exactly. express it the wrong way. Express yeah, the it wrong way. It, mm-hmm. uh, it rule that because we're, we're not to be guided by the emotions, but we're to be guided by our spirit. Mm-hmm. And that spirit right. emotions, because as you just said, Pastor, that it it um we can grieve it. It can be grieved. You know, right. um, the Word of God tells us that we don't have a a high priest um that is not empathetic with our feelings. So we can trust him with that discomfort, that displeasure that we are um, experiencing, whether it's imagined, perceived, or (laughs) actually, you Mm -hmm. know, like you said earlier, but we can trust that that, um, emotion to the master, to, to... the lover of our souls because we right. things in our soulless realm. So, yeah, there's a place for it, and we are able to keep it in its place. Every thought, bring it, you know, take it captive and subject it to. Um, and and uh, and I know that anger is good it, because it provokes us, just like your question. The anger is a tool. It's a, it's a, a venue that can be used that God can work through and get us to some place that we need to, right. to recognize and open our eyes. So yeah, I think that that anger in and of itself is not bad. It's what we right. do. So yeah, it's what we do with it. Thing because God gave it to us. You know, He He that that um, signaling that warning system. It's part of our warning system. So I think it is a good a good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody has any questions? Any uh, comments? So, so Pastor, I thank you very much for um, your teaching and insightful and thought-provoking questions. Um, so let's just pretend I am not a Christian, and and I'm trying to help someone who does not know the Bible or does not read the Bible. What are the practical steps that I can give them? for working through anger? Is there no hope for them if they don't know scripture? Well, the way, I mean, I understand it is 
according to Romans 1, 16, it says, when we, we confess, we believe in our heart and confess in our mouth that Jesus is sin, then the Holy Spirit resides in us. So the, the way we can deal with our anger is to let the Holy Spirit in us. The way, the best way, the best way that we can we can uh, uh, um, deal with the anger and, and eliminate the anger from our life is to let the Holy Spirit in us. So, so it's, we have to. You have to figure out a way to get them to understand who Jesus is. That He's the King of forgiveness. If you come to Him, He will he forgive is. you. He will cleanse you from all righteousness. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a grandfather who was a faithful deacon for over 50 years. And when he went right. to his grave, he had anger issues. He loved Jesus. He served him. I watched him pray every day. Um, I guess I'm just, there's, there has to be, yes, there are times, I believe, when God frees us from things, but we can't fix what we don't face. So how do we discern what is our portion and what is God's proportion? portion like the chaplain said she's working through her anger and the the power that she has is that she acknowledges that she is angry and so in her submitting that truth to god she's given him something to work with whereas very often as christians we will throw scripture at someone who's not doesn't know scripture or we will quote scripture and my experience is that some of the most angry and unhealthy people in life are Christians and they are <laughs> leaders in churches and there's right. no one who helps to, to make them accountable for changing things. They're the loudest to say amen. They always have great commentary and they're not emotionally healthy. They can tell everyone else what they need to do, but it's in terms of making that word relevant for them and living it, um, that's where the problem is. And and for me, that's a particular challenge that I have with us as a body of Christ. If we really loved the way Jesus said love, if we forgave the way Jesus said forgive, and we did the work that he asked us to do, um, people wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to work so hard to evangelize because Quite frankly, there's not a lot that I see in Christendom that would make me want to desire that if I didn't know the Lord for myself. Christians can be some of the most dysfunctional, unkind, insensitive people in the world. Like when someone dies, oh, the Lord gives and the Lord takes it away. But I am burying my son, my mother, my husband. How can you be so insensitive and spew that out on me? because you're not in touch with your own brokenness. So that's, that's right. something that makes me angry, Brother Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sis. In a, that's, in a, a, that's a good one. That's, that that's is a good engaging one. and that makes culture want what we have. Why would you now, want that? Right. Now, now, now here's what, what, what I, I like to, I like to um, say about that, you know, one thing, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that every discernment should come from the Holy Spirit, everything you discern. So the Holy Spirit is willing to walk with you every second, every minute of your life once it's in you. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is God's divine energy. It's the authority of God that is released upon the believer. For the purpose of godly living and fruitful service. That's the power. The divine energy, the authority that God has put in you once you became a believer. For you to live godly and be fruitful. Right, and that is but my you point. Need to, you you need to fruitful. acknowledge that. You need to acknowledge right. that the Holy Spirit is within you. Right. You need to believe that the Holy Spirit is within you. You need to act like the Holy Spirit was within you, and you have to walk in awareness of the Holy Spirit for you to exhibit the, uh, um, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And most Christians are not doing that. They're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. No, we so know the discernment. we know culture, we know titles, we know church order, we know protocol, 
we don't know love and we're not in touch with our own brokenness. And so it makes That's it what... very hard to invite people to your church or to your prayer call or to your fellowship when they get that we are not healthy. Yeah. So it's time for us to go to our first love, go back to our first love, and Amen. we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit have his way in our life. Because our way is not right. Our way can never be right. Amen. And that's the thing. God's Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. I believe we're, we're at the top of the hour. It's 10 Amen. o'clock. Um, and I don't like to hold past unless, you know, it, 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 we, we, we're into something so hard that we don't uh, can't come up out of it. But I do want to say this before I close, that we do have the Holy Spirit. But we can override the Holy Spirit. We don't have to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. He's a gentleman. He'll never make us do anything that we don't want to do. So, like you said, we have to be in tune to him. And, again, there are many people that are standing in platforms, and you said this at the very beginning, Pastor Isaac, that they will not admit that they have anger. So how can God help them with the issue if you don't admit? And they're right in pulpits. They're standing, preaching, teaching every day. But they themselves need to be uh, healed from different places. But, again, they have to admit that from themselves and allow the Holy Spirit to help them work through those places. So into ending this uh, conversation tonight, we must understand that we must submit ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't submit ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit, we can preach, teach, and still be angry. We can preach, teach, and we can still do whatever we decide we want to do because we can override that. But when we start to overriding the Holy Spirit, you can grieve it, you become rebellious, and you have no authority in God. You have no authority in God when you rebel. When you rebel right. against the Holy Spirit, you have no authority. You, know, you have no authority. You see, because you can have power and no authority. Mm-hmm. You can have some power and no authority. I can That's have right. a gun, but it might, it might not do anything for me. So I just want to uh, keep us in mind that we must allow the Holy Spirit to heal, deliver, and make us free. Amen? Amen. 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 If we have no more questions, Pastor Isaac, I thank you so much tonight for uh, bringing truth to this thing. And you got to come back on again because, you know, we we would like for you to finish some of the stuff that you didn't finish with us tonight because we only have an hour. And this is why I say, ladies, come on in at 9 o'clock on the dot so we can get what we need to get and we still have time to talk about things. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it we was can... a great blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor Isaac, could you pray us out before we we get off the phone, please? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for a wonderful session that we just had, Jehovah. We thank you for the wisdom, the knowledge that you spoke to your children tonight. Jehovah, we thank you for everyone that's on this line, Jehovah. As your word has come out, Jehovah, let it be a seed in their heart. Let it grow. Let it save them. Search through their bodies. Search through their minds. Search through their hearts. Everyone that's on this line, Jehovah, whatever malice, whatever destruction, whatever anger that is in there, we call upon the Holy Spirit of God to take control in the name of Jesus. Mm Your loved ones, touch through their hearts, Jehovah. You know best, Father. As we have brought, we have I brought this word, your servant, Heavenly Father. I plead that the word will go and do exactly what you want it to do. And I pray that everybody on this line that has received the word tonight will be blessed and highly favored by it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I cover everyone that's on here with the blood of Jesus. I cover you and your activities, your daily activities, and coming out with the blood of Jesus. 
I cover you and everything that you do with the blood of Jesus. May the Lord shine his face on you. May he empower you. May he enable you. May he defend you. May God protect and provide for you and your family in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for listening to me tonight. God bless you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor Isaac. Thank you, women of God, men of God, for coming on tonight. We'll see you next Thursday with More Than a Conquest. Lady, I'll see you next Monday with Girl Talk. Have a great evening and a great weekend. Bless you all. Bye-bye.